Amy? Thank you, team. Let's get to the word tonight. And uh, I want to share a word about no regrets. No regrets. Okay, I had a regret today. My phone died yesterday and I had to get a new phone today. You might think, wow, that's awesome. <coughs> Actually, it's not because of all the dramas that go with it. So anyway, forget that. I want to preach about no regrets. And why am I preaching on this tonight? Because who knows, the Queen passed away recently. Yes, the Queen went to be with the Lord. And one of the last things that she said to uh, one of the ministers, I'm not sure if it was her personal pastor or what, but one of the ministers that she spoke to, um, these are the words that he, she said to him, I have no regrets. That's a pretty amazing thing to say when you're 96 years old. Yeah? yeah. I have no regrets. And um, I think that's an, a, an amazing declaration to make. And you can only say that because she's only human, like the rest of us. And you know what? You're probably sitting there thinking, I've got a few regrets. You know what? I do too. But how do you deal with it? You can deal with it. You can deal with it. And as we go through this tonight, <coughs> Hopefully uh, we can deal with some of this and come to grips with it. So when she made that statement, I have no regrets, she didn't mean I'm perfect and I've lived a perfect life. She's basically saying I am at peace and I've done my part. I've done all that I could do. I've trusted God for what I couldn't do and I've done all that I could. Now when you see the word regret, you automatically think it conjures up negative thoughts or negative emotions and regret usually usually involves guilt or disappointment or sorrow or feelings of hopelessness and even depression okay there's things that we can think about right now having regretted at some point or maybe regretting right now but it can be helpful even though it seems to have negative connotations it can be helpful, okay? Um, so what is regret anyway? What is regret? Regret is based on past actions or behaviours. Something that you've said or you've done or you haven't said or you haven't done and you regret it and you think, you know, I really missed it. Things might have turned out differently if I'd done such and such or said such and such or I hadn't done this, or I hadn't said that. So it's kind of based on opportunities that went awry, or opportunities that you missed. You think, oh, really, I really blew it that time. I really blew it that time. Things might have turned out differently, if this and if that. And sometimes, you know, we regret things because the timing was wrong, or the circumstances were wrong or just the people we were mixing with at the time were wrong. I don't know about you, but I mixed with some really bad people back in the day. Did I regret it? Yeah, I did, but I dealt with it, and I'll show you how it's dealt with. We can have regrets about willful choices we made, not, not just foolish, ignorant things or naive things that we did, but willful, willful things. And I don't know about you, but there is an, I'm not going to name names, but there's an advertisement on TV right now that really annoys me. And it's a song. It's like, I don't care. I love it. 
And it's just a, it's, to me it's like a really bad attitude. <laughs> and it's like, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway. And some people do things and they don't have any regrets. And other people have, do things and they have regrets but they can kind of numb it down. You kind of numb it down with drugs, you numb it down with alcohol, you numb it down with denial. And a lot of us, that's our testimony from the past. We've been in a lifestyle or something we've done and we've regretted it or we're living in regret, but to make it go away, we drink or we take drugs or whatever. Okay? I don't know if you can relate, but I certainly can. Um, for regrets, it can be a paralyzing thing. It can paralyze you. People, people can be obsessed with their regrets and it becomes their total focus and it actually defines them and it defines their future, whether they succeed or they stay in that same plateaued place for the rest of their lives. You know, some people always say, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish I had, I wish this and I wish that. And they live in the past rather than being able to enjoy right now the moment, the present, and actually look forward to the future with any kind of positivity. So I want to have a look a little bit in the Word of God. It's, it's just a few scriptures that I've got um, talking about regrets. Now, do you think God ever had any regrets? <laughs> you think, yeah, every time he looks at me, no. <laughs> No. Okay, in Genesis chapter 6, uh, after the Lord had done a, made a wonderful creation and, you know, people just ran amok in a very short period of time. By Genesis chapter 6, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That is a really bad bad state of affairs and the Lord was sorry the Lord was sorry that he'd made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart he was sorry does it mean he totally regretted it like wow I really missed it no God does all things perfectly and excellently he knew exactly what was going to happen he was sorry why he was disappointed it shows that God has emotions just like we do, okay? He was sorry he'd made man on the earth. He was sorry that he'd made them and they had disappointed him, even though he knew that they would. And he was grieved in his heart. That's what happens when we get disappointed, when we are sorry about something. We too are grieved in our hearts. He was grieved over their sin. He was sorry that they didn't repent. He was disappointed that the majority of them did not. Of course, Noah was the exception. But for this, it says everybody's heart was filled with wickedness. You know? Imagine if you had a bunch of kids and they all were like that. You'd be disappointed. You'd be kind of sorry. It's like, wow, love these kids, but I'm really sorry that they're all a mess. <laughs> so it says he was sorry, okay? And then, 
uh, after King Saul, Israel wanted a king, and God was saying, no, no, he's going to turn out to be bad news. I can be your king. And they said, no, no, we want a man to be our king. So Saul became their king and messed up big time. And Samuel the prophet was his spiritual advisor and go to him with the word of the Lord many times. But it says at this point, this was like the end of the story. This was like enough is enough. You know? And God says sometimes enough is enough, just like parents do. So Samuel the prophet went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul. That was the end. God had spoken many times through Samuel to Saul to warn him to turn back, to turn back and repent. But in his heart, he never did. So Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel, the prophet, mourned for Saul, even though he knew he was disobedient, even though he was unrepentant. He was still in the role of the king of Israel at that time, appointed by God. But it says here, and the Lord regretted that he'd made Saul king over Israel. He regretted it. He could have stopped it at any time. He could have said, no, it's not happening. But he said, okay, that's what you want. You can have him. And sometimes God allows us to have what we want when we push for it and push for it. He's like, you want it? Okay. And he warned them. He said he's going to do this and be like this. And they said, no, no, we'll take a chance. Well, God was regretful of that. Doesn't mean he was sorry he did it, but there was regret, disappointment, a grief again, okay? So let's go past this. It was a wonderful lesson. This is a lesson uh, in regret. God gives free will. He gave free will to those people in Genesis. He gave free will to Saul. He gives free will to us. And when we don't repent of sin, when we don't follow the leading of the Lord, when we willfully disobey him, then there is regret. Does he regret that he made us? No, he loves us. He just regrets that we haven't followed him with all of our heart, okay? So let's go to another, this is a really great little story. This is uh, jumping forward into the New Testament. And Jesus is speaking to the, the chief priests and the leaders there, okay? And sometimes he just spoke in stories. He didn't sort of nail them. Uh, sometimes he'd just tell them a story. And he wants them to think. He wants us to think. He gave us a brain, we need to use it, okay? And so he said to them, what do you think? So he's telling them, what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. Wow. But afterward, he regretted it and went. This is a smart guy. He didn't want to do it at the start, but then he regretted it and he thought about it. It's like, this is my dad. He's my authority. You know, I got a bad attitude actually. And then he went and he did what his father was asking of him, okay? He 
He acknowledged his father's authority. And then he came to the second, second son, and he said, likewise. And he answered and he said, I go, sir. And he didn't go. Liar, liar, pants on fire, huh? <laughs> he said, I'm going to do it. Yep, I'll do it. But he didn't do it. Didn't go. Which, and then Jesus says, which of the two did the will of the father? And they said to him, the first. They're like, yep, we're the leaders. We're the smart ones. We know the answer. He was making a point to them. And he, then he went into the rest. Of, if you read the rest of the passage, he's basically saying, you know what? My father was requiring something of you. He spoke to you with authority. He came to you with the truth. And you said, oh, yeah, but you didn't. You didn't believe. It's the same thing as this little, cute little story, actually. The one who said, I'm not going to do it, came to his senses and he obeyed. But the others said, yeah, we'll do it, and refused. And that's exactly what they did. They rejected and refused the father. They refused. Did they have any regrets? No, they didn't. They didn't have any regrets. They had hard hearts. Hard hearts. Okay? Regret is about the heart. Okay, let's go to a few examples here. Did Jesus have any regrets? Do you think Jesus had any regrets? Huh? Did he have any regrets? No. He knew exactly what he'd done. He said, I have finished the work. In the... Uh, John chapter 17, this beautiful long prayer in John chapter 17, where he's praying to the Father. He's basically saying, my work here is done. Of course, he hadn't gone to the cross yet, but he said, I've finished the work that you've given to me. And I've given to them, the disciples, I've given to them the words which you've given me, and they received them. So he had no regrets because he fulfilled his calling. Did he say, I've healed the sick and raised the dead and all that? No, he didn't. He said, these ones, these disciples that you've given me, I have given them your word. I have shown them what you are like. They said, show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he faithfully declared the word of the Lord and declared the name of the Lord to them. He said, they received it. And then in verse 11, he prayed this, Father, keep them. Isn't that beautiful? Father, look after them. They've been with me. I care about these guys. You love them. You gave them to me. I'm giving them back to you. Keep them. Take good care of them. Take good care of them. And then in verse 13, he says, Now I come to you. I'm praying this. These things I speak in the world, right here, right now, I'm saying this that they, this is his prayer, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So all the things that Jesus went through, all the rejection, all the name calling, all the things, the spite that came against him, all those things that came against him, he was still a man full of joy. He's called a man of sorrows and acquainted with sorrow but he is filled with joy. He said, I want them to have my joy in them. That was his prayer. 
That was his prayer. He's saying, I've got no regrets. I've done what you wanted me to do. I've sowed into their lives. I'm praying this prayer now. I'm ready to go. And he was, and off he went to the cross. And he finished the work on the cross too, with no regrets, no regrets. Even in the garden, he said, not my will, but thy will. He said, is there any way? He didn't say, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do it. I hate this job. <laughs> he didn't say that. He just said, not my will, but thy will. Went to the cross. And when they were cursing him on the cross and said, come on down, if you're really the saviour, if you're really that powerful, come on down. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're saying. Forgive them. Did he have any regrets? A sinless, perfect man dying for the sins of the whole world? Did he have any regrets? Absolutely not. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Jesus had no regrets at all. Uh, who else had no regrets? Peter. Peter didn't have any regrets. He walked away from a flourishing fishing business, gave it all up, followed Jesus. I bet I know who had some regrets. The guys who stayed in the boat when Jesus got out and walked on the water. <laughs> when Jesus said, come on. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. He had no regrets. He's like, yeah, I'm going. And the others probably thought, wow, I wonder what that felt like. Must have been amazing. Must have been amazing. Peter had no regrets, except when he denied the Lord. Except when he denied the Lord. But even then, he did what you need to do when you have regret. Consider it. Repent of it. And let God heal you from it. And then move forward. He went from being a fisherman who felt like he'd failed the Lord to one of the leaders of the church. How awesome is that promotion? How awesome is that? If he had stayed in that place of regret, he would never have amounted to anything. But he allowed, the Lord said, of course I love you, of course I love you, of course I love you, three times. He basically reversed that off Peter's life. He reversed it off his life. And he had no regrets. Let's go to 2 Corinthians and explain that. This is Paul. He had no regrets too. He's, although he said he did here. He wrote a letter to the Corinthians because they were a bit out of control with uh, some uh, immorality and situations going on in the church there. So he said, even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, and now I rejoice. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. There's the key. He said, look, I wrote you this letter, and I basically said, hey, you guys, you need to straighten up. It's a mess. Come on, guys. Repent. And you know what they did? He said, I was sorry I wrote the letter after a while. I thought it was a bit strong. And he's like, no, they need to hear this. The truth will set you free. It's tough love. It was tough love. 
He said, I was sorry. But then I wasn't. <laughs> because why? Because they received it. It's like Paul wrote this. It's pretty tough. But you know what? It's true. He cares about us. He loves us. He's right. What do we need to do? Repent. Sorry, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us. This is godly repentance. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. You go, well, that's pretty strong. The sorrow of the world produces death. Is there an example? Absolutely. Judas. Judas. He had worldly sorrow. He had remorse. He had regret. But he didn't repent. That's the difference. When you repent, repent means to turn. To turn away from your own ways and to turn back to God. Produces death. World, sorrow of the world produces death. It actually did in his case. He suicided. You know, that's pretty strong. Okay. So the last one I want to go to is Paul. Paul went through a lot of difficult times. He gave people a hard time. Then he got saved by the Lord miraculously. And then everyone was giving him a hard time. But this is what he said. Yet indeed, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, saying it again, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. In other words, everything he had, prominence, title, recognition, all these things that he had, this wonderful education, wonderful family background, uh, a religious leader, you know, all the, the hierarchical blessings that he had, he said it's rubbish. It's rubbish compared to what I have in Christ, to what I have with Jesus, that connection. He thought he was serving God. He was so far away from God it wasn't funny. But then when he realised the true riches of knowing Christ, that I may gain Christ, they said, that I may know him, to know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. What does that mean? That Paul's going to die on the cross like Jesus? No, that's not what it means. Being conformed to his death is the same as Jesus died to himself. But he said, not my will, but your will. It wasn't selfishness. It was about serving the Lord. That's what he said. I want to know him. I want to understand what he went through. I want that connection with him, and I want to be like him. That's what he's saying. Everything else is basically rubbish. He's saying, I have no regrets about the things I seem to have lost, because what I've gained is so much greater. Gaining Christ is so much greater. And then at the end of his life, he said this, he said this to Timothy, the young man he was raising up to follow after him. He said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. 
What does that mean? Is he leaving on a plane or a bus or a camel? No. <laughs> it means, I know I'm going to die soon. That's what he's saying. Being poured out as a drink offering means you can feel, he can feel his life draining out of him, basically. It's almost time to go. So does he have any regrets at this point? You know, a lot of people don't get this opportunity. He had time to think about his life here. Did he have regrets? No, this is what he said. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. What is he saying? This has been a battle. It's been tough. Do I have regrets? You say, no, I fought the fight. I didn't lay down and say, ah, oh, poor me. No, he didn't do that. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I didn't quit halfway and say, this is too hard. I'm going back to the world. This is too hard. Some people say that. I, I've, I've been to Bible school and all kinds of things in ministry and stuff. And I've seen so many who haven't and are not finishing the race. They've fallen back. They've fallen by the wayside. And it's disappointing. It's grievous, actually. He said, I've kept the faith. I haven't let go of my hope in God. I haven't let go of my trust in God. I haven't let go of my confidence in God. It's an anchor for my soul. He said, I haven't, I haven't got any regrets. Not only that, I know there's a reward waiting for me. How awesome is that? And we don't know exactly what it is. But when we get there, we're going to be so happy that we fought the fight, that we finished the race, and that we kept the faith too. And if you have any regrets, you can deal with it. You can deal with it, okay? How do we deal with it? For those who like lists. <laughs> okay, understand this. That if you have regrets, it can hinder your health, affect your health and your progress through life. So you need to understand this. You need to acknowledge your regrets. And if you need to forgive somebody, or if you need to forgive yourself, then do it. You need to make that choice. Choose to move forward. In other words, the only way you can choose to move forward sometimes is to refocus. Stop looking at the past and make a choice to look forward and not back all the time. If you're driving a car and you look always in the rearview mirror, you're going to crash. You need to look forward and go forward, okay? Regret is like looking in the rearview mirror or the side mirrors all the time. Who's going to get me? Who's going to get me now? No. Go forward. Ask God to redeem things. If you regret things, like you think, oh, I've wasted half my life, I'm getting old, whatever. I missed my chance. I missed an opportunity here or there. Ask God to redeem it. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Okay? Sure, we've missed things. Sure, we have. 
but it doesn't mean we need to regret it for the rest of our lives. Make a choice and move forward and ask God to redeem whatever was lost. Lord, you're a restorer. I preached on the restorer a few weeks ago. Okay? See it as a stepping stone. Not a stumbling block, but a stepping stone. You know what? I can use this as an opportunity. I can use this as a testimony. I can use this to encourage somebody else. You can use it as a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. You can go forward and onwards, not down and under, okay? The next thing is to expect, expect a breakthrough. If you've made these choices and you've asked God to intervene as well, then you should expect a breakthrough. You should expect something good to be happening. You should expect things to change, okay? Expect yourself to change. You don't have to stay the way you are. You can change. And then you'll have a new awareness and a new ability to be prepared and more fruitful, okay? Father, we just thank you for your awesome word. We thank you, Lord, that we are human. We thank you, Lord, that you understand what it is to feel sorry, what it is to feel regret. Lord, you experience these things so you know how we feel. Lord, I just thank you for your word, for the examples that you give us in your word. Thank you, Lord, that there are those who had no regrets, not perfect lives, but no regrets. Lord, we thank you that you do your part and we will do ours and have no regrets. Just like Paul said, fighting a good fight, finishing the race, keeping the faith. Lord, we know it's a battle, but we don't want to give up. We want to put in the effort to not let go, not let go of what really matters, but to let go of those things which hold us back. Any negativity, any unforgiveness, to let it go, to stop thinking about these things, to stop letting the enemy torment us with these things, and to move forward. You know, if you're sitting here today and you have some regrets. Why don't you just give the Lord permission? Give the Lord permission. Give him permission to calm and change things. Make that choice. Things you can't undo. Things that cannot change. Only God change. Lord, I just pray for each and every one tonight. You just shift things, move things. Lord, the things that are rubbish, remove them and let us gain all that you have for us. All that you have for us. Let any lingering regrets be gone. Anything that needs to be dealt with with godly sorrow and even repentance. Let it happen. Thank you for your lessons. 
Help us to be good learners. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If anyone wants prayer tonight, see everyone online. If anyone